What's up, y'all? Welcome one, welcome all to the All Things Bucks podcast. After a brief absence, we are back. CJ is back from Italy. Corey is back from the Stick Carriers party. And we have a special guest to introduce to you guys tonight joining us. But first, if you guys need Buccaneer tickets, make sure you guys check out splitticks.com. That's S-P-L. I-T-I-K-K-S dot com. Use the code all things Buccaneers. Let's get into it. Let's welcome Gene from Buck What You Heard. Gene, thanks for coming on with us and, and spending some time with us, man. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? Oh, man. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back, man. I feel like we haven't done this podcast in a long time. I'm excited to be back and talking some Bucks football. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. This is I'm excited about the season I, I guess I'm excited every season uh just being away from football this long it should be a crime man <laughs> I mean it feels so like every offseason I'm like okay it's it's coming it's coming I know it's coming and then it's just it just feels so like the longest haul ever until we get to anything especially after the draft right because I mean you know after the season you look forward to the draft draft happens and then just dead <laughs> you know what I mean it's, so, it's, it's tough so I'm glad to be getting back to it soon and at the very least talking bucks football together all of us here cj how was italy man how, how did that go italy was amazing just being on the other side of the world seeing their lifestyle seeing the different different buildings how their architecture is seeing how they live their life it was a completely different experience i highly recommend any of the bucks fans any of our followers if you have the opportunity go to italy Go see all the monuments. Go see all the tourist things. And have a great time, man. I had a blast. And I'll definitely be going back in the future. Yeah, man. That's awesome to have you back with us. I know I know you enjoyed yourself. And we got that picture on Twitter to prove you were out there repping, repping the Buccaneers, man. I, can, I, I can definitely to. appreciate I that. Hey, I, I love it. Italians know. <laughs> support the Buccaneers all the way from Italy. We got to let them know. <laughs> hey, of course. I got to let them know. Got to let them know who we support. That's right. So um, we want to get into a couple different things tonight. So let's get straight into it. Corey, you wanted to talk about Matt Ryan's contract. What do you think about it? That, so that was a big thing that came out last week was Matt Ryan extended his contract five years, $150 million with a $100 million guarantee is that the QB market just keeps on rising. Well, with Matt Ryan, he only has a few playoff wins under his belt in his career. So is he really worth $100 million? In my opinion, no. But in this QB market, I guess so. With our QB, Jameis Winston, of course we know that he got his fifth-year option picked up. So the probably contract negotiations will begin next offseason, even though he got the option picked up. And with that, if he he has a better year and he continues to improve like he has his first three seasons, then I think his money is going to be in the same range as Matt Ryan, $30 million a year, probably. Yeah, put this put this in perspective. Uh, by the, this time next year, Jameis Winston could be the all-time leading passer in Buccaneer history. And uh, <laughs> and I, I know that's not, that's not saying a lot considering the quarterbacks <laughs> that have been in Tampa, but this guy could be the all-time leading passer this time next year. So... Uh, that's just wild to imagine that this guy, as young as he is, put up that many yards to put himself in that kind of position. Wild. It's, it's, it's inevitable. Jameis is going to get pissed after this year. <laughs> it's happening. Because uh, I, I, 
can't foresee this year that taking a step back on offense. Um, the running game should be improved. Jameis has another year with the same offense, same offensive coordinator, same head coach, which is Dirk Cotter. And it should happen where he has an improved year. And with an improved year, you're going to want to sign him before next season. It's going to happen. $100 million quarterback, $30 plus million a year. That will be his deal. No question. No question. And, you know, like like Gene was saying, one of the best, I mean, like you said, this coming year, he should become one of the best uh, passing quarterbacks that we, we've ever had. And so you, you do expect him to get a big contract. And like we talked about when we talked about Mike, Mike Evans a couple weeks ago, when you look at contracts, the guaranteed is the important money. So that's, you know, we're looking at $100 million for Ryan guaranteed. But you go down the list and you start looking at other guys. Um, and, you know, the guaranteed money, you know, it, it's pretty crazy. I mean, Kirk Cousins um, is getting $84 million guaranteed. Um, so, I mean, it's just insane that these quarterbacks are getting paid so much. But the nice part is we, we have all seen that Jameis has the potential to be a really special player, a really special passer. Um, and so I know we're all excited to, 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 for him to get that contract and actually start moving forward. And, and like CJ said, we really shouldn't see – we shouldn't. We shouldn't see any uh, any backward steps from the offense. They really should be better um, with the running back situation um, getting better this year. The offensive line got better, so we look forward to next year. And uh, and and I think the contract will be a well done contract because we know Mike Greenberg knows what he's doing. I mean, you look at some of the other contracts he's done. The guy is brilliant. The guy is brilliant. I mean, I can't I can't enough about him and i know a lot of bucks fans don't know that name but if you don't know that name look up that name that guy is a genius uh, working under light and getting those contracts figured out to, so that we you know we get some benefit out of uh, out of our players um so moving on to rookie mini camp i know rookie mini camp is something um like you know gene and i were talking about that that part where you start to get a little football after the draft you get a little taste the rookie mini camp training camp um otas that kind of stuff what are you guys most looking forward to uh, in that aspect, Ronald Jones. Oh yeah, no question, no question. <laughs> I mean, uh, he'll be awesome to see to see him get out on the field. Gene, what do you think about him? I, I know there was a, a Joe Bucks fan article referencing that possibly he was a third down back, or how how was Dirk going to use him? What do you think he he really fits into? Um, if you if you watched his game film, uh, it, he's he's amazing. I mean, just the way he runs the ball. Uh, short yardage. I'm I'm actually looking forward to short yardage situations. And you talk about three down backs. Um, Michael Pless, uh, my co-host on Buck, what you heard had mentioned yeah, that yeah. Uh, you know the the Buccaneers dirt cutter does like to roll with four four running backs. So it will be a running back by committee to start. And uh, you, you know you want to you want to ease a rookie into uh, a situation. And I, I think this running back here is mentally prepared for the NFL. I know we've uh, we had you know the Bucks have drafted a few uh, running backs that haven't panned out. You know they they drafted McMuffin and last year, and everybody <laughs> talked about how this guy was supposed to uh, Sims's place and all this other stuff, and he just wasn't mentally tough. But yeah, uh, right. we're talking about a guy who I believe is a top tier running back, and you know just looking at what he can do, I feel like his skill set will translate into the NFL. And if he can stay healthy, I expect big things from him. Yeah, Gene, I completely agree with you on that. I was watching some of his film today, doing my, you know, my YouTube scouting. Um, <laughs> as I there is do. there is actually a site. I'll have to get you the link to it. But they have games. They've breaking. They've broken down game film to where you can 
actually look at certain games to uh, look for look look for characteristics. You know, when you are scouting, uh, when it, when a scout is scouting a college player, they look for behaviors. They don't look right. for big plays mm-hmm. or anything. They look for consistencies, whether yes. they're good or bad. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing that that I can say about him is he leans forward. He doesn't dance at the hole. Uh, we've had so many different running backs that have come through Tampa, like uh, Garrett Blunt early on in his career where he tippy-toed up to the line before he hit the hole. Uh, Doug Martin, there were some times where you saw indeci- indecisiveness out of him. Right. And it's just different running backs that you see. And he has a very special uh, talent where he actually – sees the hole, he hits the hole, he makes up his mind, that's where he's going. He doesn't, you know, he leans forward, he gets positive yardage, you know, the majority of the time. Uh, Again, just so many good things I can say about him. But again, you know, this is all on paper right now. I just, I'm hoping and praying that this does translate to the NFL. Hopefully he can get in camp and, you know, just make these things happen, you know, for, you know, for the fans as well. Yeah, he looks like he's an explosive, dynamic player. And, you know, we've talked about, too, um, on this podcast, and I know on Twitter, all over the place, we talk about how Dirk looks for that explosive uh, that explosive play from the running back position, right? And and I think you can agree with me, Gene, that I think I think Rojo can bring that. I think Ronald Jones can bring that to uh, the Bucks' offense and really give us some extra, uh, some extra yardage plays, not just you or two, three yard type of a play, but he's got potential to, to bust through the line and, and go 70 yards. Uh, and I know a lot of people have talked about that. So it's really exciting to look forward to, to have that, um, that dynamic running back back there that can really turn plays into more yards than they should be. We haven't seen that since what Doug's uh, rookie year. 20, uh, maybe? 20, no, 2015, he was the second leading rusher in the NFL. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, 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 Again, uh, you, the Bucks haven't seen that. 2016, 2017, uh, the running game has been pretty much non-existent because of injuries or suspension. So it would be really good to get back on the right track and uh, get that running game going. And this will definitely help the offense, uh, the line, the uh, quarterback, and everybody involved. Yeah, yeah, it will. Um, it will. It definitely will move the offense forward. Um, Corey, who are you looking forward to seeing in the in the rookie minicamp? Well, this person uh, is not really participating in the mini camp per se because they're injured, but they're going to participate in the training camp. And that person is Jack Sitchie. And what I'm looking forward to, the only reason he fell to us in the sixth round was because he missed 20 games due to a knee injury. He is the type of player that I think would bring that that toughness to the linebacker core that we already have so that's the player that the rookie that i'm really looking to looking forward to i really wish that he could participate in the rookie mini camp but i'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do in training camp uh, that's that's one of those players i haven't got a chance to really watch him but uh i've, I've heard good things about him and how uh how much of a playmaker he was in college before he was injured um, can you guys tell me, is this, uh, is this some the only injuries had throughout his career or have there been other injuries? Don't have the stats on that. We'll have to do some research on, um, his injury history, but that's a, a significant number of games, 20, 20 games that he's missed. Yeah. But if he could come back to, to full strength or near it to where the level he was playing at before his injury, it will be a great pickup for us. It'll be a late round steal. And if that's the case, I do expect him to to make the roster as a backup linebacker for us. Yeah, 
uh, again, the the cool thing about this is there will be competition in all these different positions. I'm really looking forward to that because it's been a long time since we've been able to go up and down the roster and say, okay, this guy's going to compete with this guy for this position. And when you have the best 53 on the field, it really gives you uh, a great opportunity to win. And, uh, you know, uh, again, just kind of going back to Jason Light and what he was able to accomplish uh, going into the draft with the limited number of draft picks that he had because of uh, bringing in uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, what he was able to do was to touch on all the different positions that the Buccaneers had needs in. And I thought he's done a great job. And I would be very disappointed in this organization if he wasn't brought back uh, regardless of what happens. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Our uh, team has always been an issue. We're always top heavy. We had star players or really good players who are the starters, but one bad ankle away from Mm -hmm. now we have an average position at linebacker or corner or running back. So he's done a great job these past couple of years just filling in depth, getting more competition on the field to help better this football team. Absolutely. And, you know, when Jason Light got to Tampa, the cupboard was bare on both sides of the ball. I mean, you had uh, Gerald McCoy and Levante David on defense. And, uh, you know, on offense, it was just it was a nightmare. You had Doug Martin and just being able to uh, get all that shuffled around and it was kind of blurry. The lines were kind of blurry in the beginning because you had Lovey Smith and you had Jason Light making decisions and nobody really knows who had the final say on what. But, you know, as this is all kind of panned out to where we are right now, uh, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a very good position, to be honest. They are. They are. They they really, like you guys said, injuries are a fact of football, right? And so we saw Absolutely. it last year with the cornerback situation. We saw it with the linebacker your situation and so these picks like this um you know they, they look like value picks i saw a lot of boards said that he could be going second or third round had he not been injured um so you take a chance on a guy like that it was a similar situation with beckwith if i remember correctly uh, and look how that panned out he, he turned out to be a solid overall player so that depth that light has been bringing in like you guys are saying is really important and i would be yeah i would be Disappointed is not the word. <laughs> if we didn't bring back Jason Light, I'd be pretty upset. I think he really has earned it and made a difference for this team and really helped us work on um, on getting that depth that we need for when the inevitable injuries uh, come around. Um, so moving down the line there, what about uh, kind of progressing to the next topic, I guess? Uh, um, Tony Dungy getting into the ring of honor. I mean, that's exciting, something that's long overdue. I know we can all agree to that. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, and and the words of LeBron James when he got his first championship, it's about damn time. Because <laughs> Tony Dungy took us from the Yucks to the Bucks, and he's the first memory I had of the, of the head coach and and the organization when I started to actually really understand the game of football in the NFL in the late '90s, and to see what he did with this team with this organization, it's just um, you got to tip your hat to him and and how he goes about his business and for him this has been a long time coming you could argue he should have went in before john gruden he should have went in earlier but um he's in there that's what matters he's in there he's in our ring of honor and he definitely helped put this organization on the map around the league and around the sports industry yeah he he brought respectability and credibility 
to the to the Bay Area, and and what he did in the community was was amazing. Uh, it it really everybody bought into what Tony Dungy was trying to do here in Tampa, and I I had somebody uh, mention Sam Weish, <laughs> and uh, you know what his contributions were, but again. Uh, Richard McKay was the general manager at that time. All, you know, Weiss ended up getting fired. You bring Tony Dungy in and he brings something special with that Tampa two defense. Uh, you know, it's a, that cover two where he grabbed uh, different ideas from the Pittsburgh Steelers and put together that Tampa two that we still see teams playing in right now to this day. So uh, what he was, what he's accomplished is just amazing. And, uh, you know, everybody, if, if you had time and you were watching football and you were a Bucks fan, everybody had that Tony Dungy moment. And for me, uh, I'd have to say it was September 1st, 1997, when they played the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And uh, you, I mean, they just went, that defense showed up and showed out. And that, to me, was one of the first glimpses that I saw of how dominant this defense could really be. Uh, handling a team like the 49ers at that time who were considered Super Bowl contenders, uh, putting putting Steve Young out of the game and Jerry Rice out of the game at this, and, at, as well, and going on to win and holding this 49er team to six points. Uh, I thought they were just amazing, and that was my first glimpse at what I thought, uh, you know, what I look back on now as a very dominant uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense under Tony Dungy. Yeah, and on the topic of Tony Dungy, it is very well deserved that he's going into our ring of honor. Like you guys said, uh, um, it's debatable whether or not he should have gone in before John Gruden because without Tony Dungy, I was very young, so I really didn't get to live the years of Tony Dungy, but I know the impact that he had on the team. Without Tony Dungy, uh, that team, there's pretty much no Super Bowl team because John Gruden came in and with a different attitude. The players on the roster were Tony Dungy's players. So Tony Dungy definitely deserves to go into our ring of honor. Definitely. I mean, it's it's so hard in this league to to get to the championship game. And then once you get there to actually win the championship game, our, you know, our um, division foes know about that. The Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons, you can get there, but do you come back with the hardware? For us, uh, once that transition happened, John Gruden helped us get the foundation was laid by by uh, by Tony Dungy to have that defense in place to to put an impact on the league with a name of a defense named after this city, named after this organization. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that Ring of Honor ceremony, which will be against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you can make that game, that's our only primetime game as of now because we're going to get flexed later in the season because we're going to have a good season. As far as um, that game is going to be amazing atmosphere. It's been a while since the Steelers actually have played here um, in Tampa. So to see Big Ben, that high-flying offense, our defense going to shut all of that down. And to have that ceremony at halftime, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a great day. Yeah, you know, like Corey said, what a guy with Tony Dungy. I, I, was, I was young too, so I wasn't as much around during that era to know exactly what was going on. But even now, when you watch him on uh, Football Night in America, I mean, what a guy. The humility that he has just projects, and that's he really just projects from him. And that's one of the things um, that, I, that I really like to see in, in any sport, any athlete, any type of coach, that humility. He 
projects out and it's just so obvious to me and it's just one of the things that i've really enjoyed knowing that he was a part of the organization um and then hearing the stories like even that story that gene was sharing those those specific stories that you can kind of relate to and and it's really cool for me to hear those stories just to have already the image that i have of tony dungy and then kind of hear those stories being told so we also wanted to go over some questions that we got sent in. Guys, once again, we always appreciate your guys' questions. We always appreciate engaging with you guys. Um, and one of the questions that we kind of already touched on was the question by Port Richie Lou. By Lou, uh, his, his at is at L-O-U underscore Port underscore Richie, R-I-C-H-E-Y. Uh, and he said, what's the thought? What's, what is your thoughts on the talk of uh, Ronald Jones being utilized as a third down back? And he kind of referenced the article that we kind of talked about. Is there anything that you guys want to add to that conversation? So on the topic of Rojo being a third down back, I think that to start off, yes, he would he would be a third down back. Him and Peyton Barber would, would rotate because, like you guys said earlier in the show, uh, Dirk Cutter likes a running back committee. So I think that that is a possibility. In the beginning of the year, later on in the year, I think that he transitions into the starter as he gets the flow of the NFL game. But to answer Lou's question, yes, I think at the beginning of the season, Ronald Jones will start as a third down running back. Yeah, I, I again, like I said before, I can't wait to see him in short yardage situations. Uh, we all know that uh, the huge the elephant in the room has been uh, red zone offense. Uh, yeah. There have been so many opportunities that the Bucks have had that they could have gone away with that come away with seven and sometimes they end up with three or even zero. Right. So having having a running back uh, of this caliber will in in this offensive line that they've you know they've gone through and tried to upgrade, uh, we have you know the Bucks have the potential of really uh, fixing the, the red zone offense woes here uh, you know in the in the very near future. So I'm excited about him being here. And again, I think that uh, we can expect big things from him. I'm excited. I'm excited to have him on the field, like you said, Gene and, and Corey. Another thing that I'm excited about, too, is like you guys talk about the running back by committee, right? I think Peyton Barber has had some serious flashes, man. I really like his running style. I think last year we got to see that a little bit. Um, and I, it's exciting for me to have both of those guys, like you guys said, having both, both of those guys in the room. And I, I personally would be okay for them to have him as a third down running back for a little while. Give Barber a shot. I think he's shown flashes of being good. Give him a shot. Get out there. Start the game. Get a couple runs. See what he looks like. And then not to mention, you're, you're also referring to the upgraded offensive line that we're now going to have uh, supporting both of them, whether it's Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber. So it, it is exciting times for the Bucks backfield. Um, we all kind of knew we were going to get a running back this draft. We were all hoping to get a running back this draft and, and we got him. So it'll be exciting to see how they use him. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either if we see him as a third down uh, back for a little bit, let him kind of ease into the role. But eventually I think we can all agree. He'll probably end up being the starter um, with the shared time. Like we all expect because of the way that cutter runs his system. Um, so another question that we had from at chef, Aaron, Aaron Rutherford, um, his at is C H E F. A-A-R-O-N-26. He said, is Whitehead a potential starter out of the gate like his fellow fourth-round pick, Quan Alexander, or is he too green yet? What do you guys think? I think he's too green at this point. And I, I say that because at Pittsburgh, they used him like a Swiss Army knife. He played the safety position, but they had him 
on offense as well, um, doing a couple wildcat and running back um, plays. So, I, you know, Kawan was a was an outlier. You know, he came in and he started right away as a fourth round pick. And with our defense, with Mike Smith, uh, we've already seen that it takes a little while for the safeties to learn the defense. Uh, we saw that with Justin Evans. It took him about half the season until he was fully starting and starting to make plays. And then he still had growing pain. So I don't see Whitehead coming right in and starting over Chris Conti or Keith Tandy. But I do see him um, learning the defense and eventually make it an impact by season's end. I think that he's not going to come in right away and be the starter. He's going to be too green because he's going to be like all rookies. He's going to be adjusting to the game. But... Like CJ said, by year's end, I think that there's a possibility that he could take the starting role as the opposite safety of Justin Evans due to the fact that he's aggressive, he's he's tough, he's got speed. So I think by the end of the year, he could be the starting safety opposite of Justin Evans, but at the start of the season, no. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. There's there's going to be some competition at safety. Last year, we saw the rotation of the safeties. I'm sure we'll see a little bit of that again. Um, again, to warn everybody, Conti's not that bad. I know everybody has this thing that he's just the worst ever, and he makes bad plays. But I tell you what, he's pretty athletic out there. He has made some plays in the past. Um, and he, and I think he's, he's, he's can get out there and make plays for us. I, I don't see the need to thrust Whitehead into that role. We're, we're not uh, hurting that bad at safety. I think Whitehead learns a little bit, uh, just like Justin Evans did, like, you know, CJ was talking about and eventually yeah, transition into that. Um, so another question that we had from at Jimbo Jameis, which position battle are you guys most looking forward to Gene? What are you looking forward to the most? I would uh, again. Uh, I'm looking forward to the running game and uh, the cornerback position. I, I think those are two positions that, uh, if in the off season, have really been uh, hot points for a lot of fans on social media, especially. Uh, who's going to be your starting cornerback? I know they brought in Brent Grimes. You see the new uh, rookies, uh, the Ricky cornerback cornerbacks that they've brought in. Um, they will challenge uh, Vernon Har- Hargraves. Uh, for for that position, that that slot position, and uh, who knows, you know, you you never know who's going to be the starter on the opposite side of Brent Grimes. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the offensive line battles are going to be great. Again, you're going to have the best 53 on the field. And what I really appreciate about this year is uh, the the depth from top to bottom compared to previous years. So it's just there's there's so many different sub stories here. And we don't have to worry about hard knocks, you know, coming in. So this will be a pretty low-key camp where these guys can get down to business. They can. They can get down to business, start to see who's going to rise to the top. VH3 is one of those ones that we can talk. Hargraves at, at the cornerback position that we can talk about. I think he'll have a bounce back here. I've been a believer in Hargraves for a while now. So we'll see how he does at the cornerback position. And then that guard situation as well. Is Sweezy going to come back? What are we going to do there? There are some exciting battles to look forward to in camp. CJ, is there anyone in particular that you're looking forward to? I think Gene hit him on the head with the most exciting. Um, I think with the re revamp defensive line, especially at D-tackle, because we have a a lot of players there now, especially drafting Vita Vea. Um, that should be interesting to watch in camp. And then our our 10-sack 
leader of the um, offseason last year, no offense, nobody's talking about him because we went and got JPP and Vinny Curry, but he's still there as long as he's healthy. I think he can make an impact and, and force his way onto the field and give us that great rotation. So I'm definitely looking forward to see how they progress and that they can get on the same page because we definitely need to get to the quarterback playing in the NFC South. The position battle that I'm looking forward to the most is the running back position battle. Yes, we've added depth at every position, top to bottom, so I'm liking that. But I want to see, because like CJ mentioned, Peyton Barber had flashes last year that made me think, hmm, can this be a starting running back in the NFL? We had an average or below average offensive line last year. Now we've revamped it this offseason, so we'll see what the running backs can do behind it. So that's a camp battle that I'm looking forward to, Peyton Barber versus Ronald Jones. And transitioning into the next question from Marlon underscore 850 on Twitter, also known as Wildcat, what's your thoughts on Sergio Bailey and Irv Phillips' chances of making the team added depth or special teams? Well, they both were good receivers in college. I don't really think that Dirk's going to carry more than five receivers on the roster for receiver spots, but there's a possibility that they could be used as special teams players if they bust their ass in camp, but it all comes down to training camp and, and preseason to see that that determination. Yeah, I think they have an outside chance of looking in because we're already we're pretty we're pretty good at wide receiver. You have Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, and Adam Humphreys. Those are locks on the roster, and then they pick Justin Watson up from Penn, who they're singing high praise about this kid who I think will make the roster as well. So that's your five right there. Um, if they decided to keep six, one of these guys will have to be outstanding and making plays every day in training camp to, to make this team. And also we're going to keep three tight ends on the roster too. So it's really tough for the team to, to keep six receivers and then try to keep those three tight ends, which I know the team's going to do because they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets and going to need that extra tight end as well. So, I, you know, I, I hope they have a good camp. I hope they make impact. Hopefully they don't get away from us and we can sign them to the practice squad, but I don't see them uh, making the 53 uh, this year right now. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to crack that, that wide receiver squad that we have, and that's awesome to be able to say again going back to the point that we talked about with light and that's he's created the depth he has created you're looking at the wide receiver spot and you got five six guys that that can fight for a spot and and like you said i don't think he's going to keep more than five either so we'll see unless um you know there's a, a great a returner punt returner kick returner but i don't think we'll keep more than five so it will be tough for them to break into that it looks like with that said bobo wilson probably gonna be gone as well if they did i miss something have they released him yet has anybody has anybody heard of that or is it uh or is that just me i don't think i had heard of it yet no i haven't heard about it either okay so yeah so he should probably be gone um and then and then you're looking at who's gonna make that five like you said cj maybe six spot um but another question that we had from kevin sloan all things bucks rider make sure you guys are checking his stuff out he's always writing for us over at all things bucks he said who do you guys want for the next 
Bucks Ring of Honor. And the second half of the question, it's a loaded question. <laughs> who do you guys want for the next Bucks Ring of Honor? And who would you guys want at starter for running back? So if we want to touch on the first part, and then we'll kind of hit on that last part um, together. I don't know. I'd probably see Rondé or Simeon Rice or somebody like that. That would definitely be uh, somebody that I would consider. I mean, you haven't had a, a double-digit sack, sack person since Simeon Rice. And uh, I know they brought a lot of people in, but it's just never happened. I thought that... Uh, he should have been in the in the Hall of Fame by now, and uh, unfortunately, he hasn't been. So, you know, he's he's very much overlooked and very underrated, and he should be uh, recognized for what he's what he's accomplished in Tampa. Yeah, I completely agree there. I I think it goes in that order. I think it goes Runday, and then the following year will be um, Simeon Rice because Runday gave us 16 years. Um, and he's done some things at the the cornerback position where he stands alone, especially with the sack numbers and the interception numbers uh, with the organization. And he was a big part of the the Super Bowl run as well. So I think it's I, I'm 90 percent sure it'll be him um, going into to next year unless there's a dark horse candidate uh, with Simeon. As, as, as Eugene said, um, he was the last 10 sack guy for us, the last guy to, to strike fear into quarterbacks. Uh, for this organization, and he he yeah, he has to be up there as well. Simeon Rice was was a straight baller for for the defense, so uh, I think those two are, are are the best bets for for this year and next well next year and the following year. Yeah, like you guys mentioned, that's the same order that I would go. I'd say Rondé Barber and then Simeon Rice. Rondé Barber, of course, because of the interception and sack numbers, plus the impact that he had in our Super Bowl run. He is one of several players in NFL history with 20 interceptions and 20 sacks. So I think that would come into play. And then Simeon Rice, like you guys touched on, he's the last player with 10-plus sacks on our defense. So I think that people are overlooking Simeon Rice and the impact that he had on us. So I think he's another person that could go in the ring of honor after Rondé Barber. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I look forward to having Rondé in the ring of honor. He's one of my favorite Bucks of all time, uh, along with Brooks. So... Now we'll just quick hit this one. We'll quick fire this one. We've talked a lot about the running back position. So we'll quick hit. Who do you guys want to be the starter come day one for the Buccaneers this year? Gene, who do you got? Um, I would like to see uh, Peyton Barber, what he's what he did last year. Uh, I, he's the he's the incumbent. I'd like to see if uh, Rojo could possibly unseat him and uh it, it, honestly, it really doesn't matter. I, I, I just want him to win. Uh, I want him to fix the red zone. <laughs> Please. I, mean, I, I, I understand. I understand how uh, some people find the starting role uh, prestigious or whatever. I just want to see him produce. And uh, I look at what uh, the Saints did with their yeah. two thousand yard rushing, rushing yeah. uh, uh, running backs, and and mm-hmm. that helped that that helped that offense uh, immensely. And I just want to see that for our quarterback, uh, getting him the help that he needs to uh, further advance this this offense that we that you have here. You, we haven't even talked. People haven't even talked about OJ Howard or Cameron right. Brait. You know, these are two uh, forgotten guys in the offseason. But these are two guys that uh, I have high expectations that they will be productive. Chris Godwin is another person. And when you have that running game, it opens up the play action and it just opens up a whole nother page. And you have to keep the def- – it keeps the defense honest because if you have a dynamic running game, uh, they have to account for that. They can't 
uh, overstack the box and, you know, try to stop the run because they know that they can double team Mike Evans and they're good. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of other things going on now and they've improved that O-line. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I just want to see production on uh, in all phases. Yeah, what about you, CJ? Who do you want to see starting and giving production? Absolutely. Like Gene said, that's all. That's what we all want to see for sure. We want to see the Bucks win, and that production is required. Well, I'm I'm like a kid on Christmas. I want to open up the new toy. I want Rojo in there starting up and finishing the season. I just like his potential. Uh, one of the comparisons Trevor Sikama made um, in his article about uh, Ronald Jones was he is like a Chris Johnson type player. He doesn't have quite as much speed as Chris Johnson, but the boy runs just like him if you compare the tape uh, of how their running styles are. And if we can get that dimension added to this offense, it is, it's, it's scary. It, it can be scary because we have so many forgotten players on the offense. Um, as Eugene mentioned, O.J. Howard. Or nobody's talking about him. Nobody's talking about Cam Bray. Chris Godwin, he's he's the fourth receiver on this team. You have so many weapons on this roster on offense for Jameis Winston to get the ball to. And all we just need is that running game to open the floodgates. We get the running game, the floodgates are open, and the rest of the league is put on notice. Point blank, period. Corey, what you got? Yeah, like you said, CJ, uh, you just want the running game to be there. And I have to agree with Gene. I want to see Peyton Barber start the season as a starter. And then he brought up earlier how the Saints had 2,000-yard rushers. Well, rotation is key. You get the running game going, you can get both of them. The starter really wouldn't matter because both of them are still going to be getting their reps. So the starter really wouldn't matter. It would just be about who's producing more. So what I think I want to see Peyton Barber start the year as a starter and then keep the rotation going with him and Ronald Jones. Of course, yeah, I'm on board with Peyton Barber as the starter, too. I've talked about it on Twitter a couple times. I think he's shown enough flashes to where he deserves to get those that first look, right? That first look. And, of course, we're all excited to see Rojo run. But uh, I, I'd like to see Barber get that that first look. And so, but, again, by committee, that, that's how Dirk does it. That's what we know we're going to see. So be expecting that as the season approaches. Well, guys, thank you guys for joining joining us we appreciate your time special shout out to gene thanks so much for being on with us gene we really appreciate having you hey man it's been a blast and you guys keep doing what you do uh you know it it you gotta you gotta hang in there for the rough times because we know there there are gonna be rough times and and that's where your fan base and you know your listeners are really gonna appreciate you when you're able to keep producing you know when when the times get rough so uh, that's one of my suggestions for you guys, but you guys do great work and I expect big things from you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gene. We definitely appreciate the kind words. We appreciate the time for you coming on uh, with us tonight and, 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 and having some time to spend with us and, and talk bucks, man, which we can all do for hours. I know even before we start the podcast, we always hop on the, on the call together and we're just talking bucks from as soon as we get on the call and we're talking about it after we get on the call, get off the call. I mean, it's, it's awesome to be able to spend that time with fellow bucks fans and we appreciate Appreciate having you guys on to all our listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you guys are checking out the articles that our our writers are writing on all all things Bucks. Kellen is here. He's producing. He's behind the scenes. Thank you, Kellen, CJ and Corey and Gene. You guys have a good night and we will see you all next time. Go Bucks. Bucks.